Dodge City and in the territory on west, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad. The transcribed story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. stranger named Joe Beaudry killed a man in Dodge and then got on his horse and rode 90 miles northwest. He made it across the Smoky Hill River before his horse played out and fell behind a small knoll. Beaudry put a knife in him and settled on to wait. Half hour later, he shot my horse out from under me and crippled Chester's with a slug in the shoulder. And then he gave up. He just threw down his guns and walked toward us across the prairie. His hands in the air. You think it's a trick, Mr. Dillon? I don't know, Chester, but if he makes a move, I'll kill him. Yes, sir. That's far enough, Beaudry. Now turn around. I ain't armed, Marshal. No. You know, I'm curious, Beaudry. Why didn't you shoot it out? I don't want to kill anybody, Marshal. You killed a man in Dodge. He went for his gun. I had to. Some of the witnesses say he didn't. Oh, sure. Friends of his. I heard him. That's why I lit out. Man looks guilty when he runs. You should have stayed and faced it. Now, what there. kind of shake did I get in a strange town, Marshal? Everybody be against me. The right? law protects you if you're innocent. You'll have to stand trial now anyway. Well, maybe I made a mistake, but I'm still alive. Yeah. And a long way from Dodge. Say, by gracious, that's right. How are we going to get back, Mr. Dillon? Well, we crossed the Overland Express Road about five miles back. We just walked to the road and wait for a stage, I guess. Yeah, but the stage don't go up to Dodge from here, sir. Well, we'll take it into Fort Donner. Maybe the Army will lend us some horses there, and we can turn it back at Fort Dodge. Marshal. Yeah. Well, I know you don't owe me no favors, Marshal, but... i never been arrested before. I, I'd be kind of ashamed in front of everybody at stage. Well, that's tough, Beaudry. What do you expect me to do? Well, only a little thing, Marshal, won't make any difference to you. Just don't let them know that you're taking me in, is all. All right, Beaudry, I guess it doesn't matter. Oh, thanks. I'm not wearing a badge anyway. But you make one move and I'll hogtie you and you'll ride on the roof. Or you'll be dead. Well, it's a deal, Marshal. And you'll get a fair trial, Beaudry. If you're innocent, you'll go free. Well, if it is a fair trial, I'm going back to California. I don't know why I ever left it. You come from California? Yeah. Hey, Marshal, look, is it all right if I lug my saddle back with me? Yeah, sure. We're not leaving ours. Uh, Chester, I'll go with Beaudry and get his guns. Yes, Mr. Dillon. I sure do wish you'd stop closer to the stage road, though, Beaudry. Five miles is a long way packing a saddle. Go take care of your horse, Chester. Let's get out of here. Yes, sir. A doggone shame, though. That was a mighty good horse. Come on, Beaudry. I sure hope the stage hasn't gone by already, Mr. Dillon. 
Why don't you get off your back and look down the road, Chester? Well, I declare. Look here, Andre, it's a common. And it's painted bright red, too, Mr. Dillon. Hey, what if they don't stop for us, Marshal? Road agents don't usually carry their saddles. The driver will notice that if he's awake. Driving a six-horse hitch ought to keep him awake. Yeah, but not sober. That's a shotgun the messenger's holding. He doesn't need it. We want a ride, that's all. Where's your horses? Marshal, please, you remember what you said. We lost them. You don't look like greenhorns to me. It can happen to anyone. That's right. The one in the middle ain't even armed. Pick him up, Hank. All right, Berryman, it's your treasure box. How far are you going? Fort Downer. It's about 60 miles to Fort Downer. You're crowding us. That'll be 15 cents a mile. 15 cents. How much is that, Mr. Dillon? Uh... About nine dollars, just nine dollars a piece. That is, and payable right here. All right, it's high, but I can't argue with you now. Here you are. Twenty, five, six, seven. All right, Mister, get in. I don't know how the passengers are going to like this, though. You got room for a couple more in here? Anybody can't keep his horse or to walk home. There's room for two, maybe, but not three. Oh? Take a look for yourself, mister. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, Chester? Oh, now, sir, I, I can't... I don't want Beaudry on top. You'll have to get up there, Chester. Well, I guess you're right, sir. But I think you fellas ought to charge us less if I can't ride inside. The Overland stage guarantees a ride, mister. Comforts the passengers' problem. Get in, Beaudry. Yeah. Now get fixed somehow. You've held us up long enough. Give me a hand, you don't look like a judge, mister. I'm not a judge. Well, you must be important somehow. We order these men around, and that fellow on top there calls you sir. Doing? Well, let's just say that I'm sort of the boss of this outfit, mister. Uh, what'd you say your name was? I didn't say. It happens to be Dillon. Well, I'm Zimmer. Old man here called himself Gant. My name is Gant. I ain't ashamed of it. And I don't give a long hoot what any of you call yourselves. <laughs> Gant's kind of crusty. But he's sober. That's more than I can say for the other two here. They only wake up long enough to pull on that jug they got and get drunk enough to go back to sleep. Well, that's not a bad way to travel if your stomach can stand it, I guess. No, he ain't good myself if I was younger. What business you in, Dylan? You ask too many questions, Jimmy. You ain't got no manners. Nobody's asking you, old man. Good, good. Then I don't have to listen to your gobbers. Now, listen here, Gant. Any more out of you, oh, and I'll tell you a pup. You can't spoke me. I'm too old. Eighty-five, mister. Would you believe it? Uh, no, sir, I wouldn't. That's mighty old. You sure don't look it. I knew Meriwether Lewis, mister. Met him in St. Louis when he and Clark come back from the Pacific. Now who's doing all the talking? Leave him be, Zimmer. There's no harm in passing the time. Uh, look, mister. You may be the boss of these other fellas, but you don't run me. Nobody's trying to run you. Just take it easy. Uh, uh, don't pay him no mind, Dylan. He's just nervous about something. What are you driving at, old man? Uh, 
we'll be in Barnum Station about an hour, Dylan. Spend the night there. Just hope the chow's improved. Last time I was there, all I had was fat pork. One practice is I never eat fat pork. So the cook told him, well, then just help yourself to the mustard. <laughs> Monument Station was a long, low hut made of sun-dried, mud-colored bricks with a flat roof thatched and then sodded. The one building served as an eating room in the daytime and a bunkhouse at night. There wasn't much air inside, and after dinner, fat pork and mustard, Chester, Baudry, and I went out to the corral for a smoke. My gracious alive, I hate to think of sleeping in there. All those men, why, uh, a fella could suffocate. And I'll bet that stock tender hasn't washed himself since he left home. He said he washed his blankets anyways, just this morning. Yeah, sure. You know how? He spreads it on an anthill for a couple of hours. Oh, well, that settles it. I'm sleeping outside. <laughs> All right, Chester. We just don't get too cozy. Half the night you're standing guard over Baudry here. I'll watch him the other half. Well, I'm not going to run away, Marshal. You ran once, Baudry. All right, I'll tell you something. Maybe you'll trust me a little in. Tell me what? Would you like to know who Zimmer is? Zimmer? He that real testy fella? I don't like him at all. He's always on the prod about something or other. Wait a minute, just a Chester. Wait a minute. What about Zimmer, Baudry? His real name is Chess Ryan. So? Well, at least that's the name was under his picture. Well, where was his picture, Baudry? Well, in California, tacked onto a pole. Go on. Well, I think the reward was $500. Of course, I ain't certain. You're sure it was his picture? Yeah, Marshal, I'm sure. Heard a lot of talk about him in Sacramento just before I left. What kind of talk? Well, like one time he rode in a stagecoach as a passenger, and he was peaceful enough until some fellows on horses, they stopped that stage in a canyon somewhere, and then this here, Chess Ryan, he pulled a gun on the other passengers, and he disarmed them. Whilst the boys outside unloaded the treasure box. They had an extra saddle horse along, and Ryan, he rode off with him. That's the way I heard it. Seems to me he went to a lot of trouble. Uh, sometimes the passengers give road agents as much fight as the driver and messenger, Chester. They feel safe because they're inside. Yeah, and that's what Chess Ryan figured. What, are you going to arrest him, Marshal? I can't arrest a man without cause, Baudry. You may be telling the truth, but I don't know that for sure. I can check on Zimmer when we get to Fort Donner, but... Well, I can doodle in, keep an eye on Well, this stage will be robbed long before it gets to Fort Downer, Marshal. Yeah, maybe, but not without a fight. Thanks for telling me, Baudry, and for your sake, I hope it's the truth. If it isn't, you're going to be in more trouble than you are now. All right, keep an eye on him, Chester. I'll be back in a few minutes. Yes, sir. Berryman? Yeah? Uh, out here a minute, will you? What's up, mister? I want to talk to you, that's all. Alone. Come on outside, huh? Be right back, Hank. Save some of that whiskey for me. Right, Barry. What's on your mind, mister? How long you been an express messenger, Barryman? Two years. Not that it's any business of yours. Did you run into any trouble in that time? Some. Why? 
I just want to know if you can handle yourself, that's all. You want to find out? <laughs> Look, Berryman, you know my name. It's Dillon. I'm Matt Dillon. I'm the U.S. Marshal out of Dodge. Dillon. Dillon. Yeah, I think I remember seeing you there. Good. Now tell me this. You carrying much in that treasure box of yours? The messenger who brought it as far as Pond Creek said it was $50,000. Unsigned currency, mostly. Mm-hmm. Something up, Marshal? Well, maybe. Uh, tell me, what's the best place for a holdup between here and Fort Downer? Oh, well, Willow Bend, I expect. Man on a horse could keep hidden there till we were right on top of him. All right, tell the driver to whip those horses through Willow Bend as fast as they'll go. Chester will be on the roof to help you, and I'll sort of organize the passengers inside. Well, now if there's going to be a holdup, Marshal, you Well, I, have... I don't know, I don't know, but we'll play it safe. And, uh, by the way, Berryman, don't let on inside there about this, huh? Or, uh, who I am. All right? Okay, Marshal. Thank you. Good night, Berryman. Night, Marshal. Oh, Marshal. Yeah. We got a jug of station whiskey inside if you want a drink. <laughs> I don't think it'd do much good. I've heard of that stuff freezing solid on a cold night. Return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, backing up the great CBS Radio News team election night will be Univac, the new electric brain operating for the first time to bring you faster, more accurate, more complete election night totals. November 4th, starting at 8 p.m. New York time, CBS Radio reports the election returns from coast to coast. Make CBS Radio your election headquarters to hear the trends, the color, and the mounting tide of results. Reported by Edward R. Murrow, Lowell Thomas, and the rest of the same great CBS radio team that made convention reporting history earlier this year. Now, the second act of Gunsmoke. Next morning, just after sunup, the stage left Monument Station. It was ten miles to Willow Bend and twelve miles to the next change of horses at a small swing station run by a lone stock tender. Zimmer, or Chess Ryan, if that's who he was, seemed nervous. Too nervous for an experienced road agent, but maybe he had figured me for what I was, and that gave him the jumps. Anyway, I sat next to him so I could handle him faster if and when the time came. We drove at an easy pace until we neared the bend. Then the driver popped his whip over the teams and they began to run hard. But suddenly he was pulling them in and breaking them at the same time. One move by Zimmer at that point and I'd have killed or crippled him. What are we stopping here for? Hey, driver! What's up? Ah, wheels been dragging. Couldn't you feel it, Paul? All right, everybody out. Well, what's the idea, driver? What's wrong? A wheel's stuck. Can't pull it off with you in there. Come on, hurry it up. Beaudrys, huh? get over there by Chester. Oh, don't you worry about me. You keep an eye on Reed. Go on now. Come on. 
What do you think, Kelvin? Now, they'd have jumped us by now, Berryman, while everybody was still inside. But keep your head up anyway. You watch the other side of the coach. I'll stay here. Okay. What do you mean it wasn't grease? Why not? It's sizzling hot. You have to cool before we can take it off. That drunken fool at Monument didn't grease this one, that's all. Take a bullwhip to him when I get back there. Well, you can grease it now, can't you? I could, mister, if I had any grease. Well, you mean you haven't got any? Not unless I render you down and make some. Now, get out of my way. Well, any more of that and I'll... All right, I'll forget it. What are we going to do? How about grass, driver? Hey, that's an idea. Wrap it around the spindle and go till it wears out. It won't last long, but we can keep putting it on till we get to the next station. Uh, we'll be all day stopping every half mile. Uh, why don't you greenhorns ask a real man how to fix it? All right, Pop. How are we going to fix it? Cheese. Cheese? Yes, cheese. 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 It fine, too. Yeah, it might at that. I suppose you brought some cheese along just in case, Pop, huh? I brought it along to eat. Well, I'll let you have it. It's in my carpet bag. <laughs> Old Gant's cheese worked fine, and we left Willa Bend without more trouble. I began to figure Baudry for a liar, but... He just sat there, staring out at the prairie, and said nothing. A few miles further on, as we approached the swing station, I heard a shot from the messenger, and then Baudry pointed ahead. And I leaned out to take a look. The station was a small, one-room adobe hut with the usual corral at the rear, but there wasn't a horse in sight. And out of the two windows facing us poured thin streams of white smoke. As the stage pulled to a stop, I saw two arrows embedded in my half-open door. Come on, Look at them arrows. Wait a minute. Uh, let me take a look at that. Let's all take a look, Zimmer. Where's the stock tender? They kill him? They tried to fire the place, but it just smoldered. Who are those two men? I don't know. But this one's still alive. Well, that's the stock tender. But who are those two? Uh, never mind them. They're dead. Scalp. Indian sure must have surprised him. Sneaked right up. All right, Berryman. Let's get the stock tender out of this smoke. Take his head there. Yeah. I scalped him, too. And he ain't even dead. Never mind that. Just pick him up easy. It's all right, fella. Stage is here. Indians, Comanches, they, they scalped me. Never even heard them. Ask them who those other men were. What were they doing here? Leave them be. The man's dying. Water. Give me a drink. Chester, get the water bag. Yes, sir. Can't you let the man alone, Dylan? Yes, scalped three men and stole horses. <laughs> That's Comanches for you. Here's the water, sir. Oh, thanks. Here, fella. Here now. Take a drink. There we go. Lord Agents, those two, they held me up. They said they'd hide till the horses were unhitched. And then, then hold up the stage. Had a partner on the stage to keep the passengers out of it. What was his name? 
Their partner, I mean. Put my head down, mister. It's... It's bubbling over. The stock tender's eyes clouded up and went blank as I lay his head back. And then there was a scuffle behind me, and before anybody could move, Zimmer grabbed Gant, and using him as a shield, he walked backward toward the stage. The old man stopped struggling when he felt Zimmer's gun in his back, and the rest of us just stood there watching, helpless. First man draws a gun, Gant'll die. You gave yourself away, Chess Ryan. Oh, take it easy, man. Take it easy. This, this fool's nervous. Shut up. You, drive it. Lead those teams down the road a piece, and then come back here. Yan and I will take the stage alone. Come on! You better do what he says, driver. He's scared enough to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm better. What are you stopping for? Take him 50 yards down there. Can't do it. That wheel's froze up again. He ain't going anywhere at that stage. <laughs> Might as well give up right now, young fool. I never did like you, Gant. Ryan, listen to me. You've made your play and you've lost. If you give up now, the charges will be attempted robbery. If you don't, they'll probably turn into murder. Who are you anyway, mister? I'm a U.S. Marshal. Well, you're not arresting nobody. Not unless you want Gant dead. You make a move and his blood will be on your hands, Marshal. You can't hold him there forever, Ryan. The stage going west passes through sometime today. What'll you do then? He's right. That stage passes this station about noon. I drive it myself half the time. I'll think of something. Uh, first, uh, I want all your men to unload your weapons. Line up and throw them in a pile there. One at a time. But you even start to try anything and I'll blow a hole in the old man. You think you would, Mr. Dillon? He's so nervous now, it's a wonder he doesn't do it by accident, Chester. I get going, don't stand there. One at a time now. And use two fingers to do it. All right, man, you better do as he says. Now? Go ahead. Easy. All right, next man. Baudry. Yeah? You're the only man who might There's stop mine. this. Oh. Pretend to join him. You trust me that much? I have to. Okay, Parker. All right, easy now. Two fingers. All right, next man. Ryan. Hold it right there, Portry. Well, I'm not armed, Ryan. Look. But you know why? Too yellow, maybe. Oh, the marshal's got my gun. I'm under arrest. He's taking you in, is that it? He was, till I woke up just now. I, I, I killed a man in Dodge, Ryan. They want to hang me for it. Now, Baudry, we told you you'd get a fair trial. Yes, What's more? Shut up. Yes, sir. Well, look at you. I haven't got much chance alone, Ryan. But you and me, we can disarm these men, throw away their guns, and, and ride off on those horses without the coach. You do that, Baudry, and I'll quit my job and run you down if I have to chase you all the way to Oregon. I couldn't show up in Dodge after this anyway. Well, I'll be watching for you, Marshal. It beats hanging. Well, how about it, Ryan? Make a fool out of Dylan, huh? I like that. 
I pick up a gun, Baudry, and get over here. I'm warning you, Baudry. Sorry. I figure I'll live longer this way, Marshal. Yeah. Yeah, you hold the old man, Baudry. I want a free hand. Yeah. I'll kill Gant quicker than Ryan would. Any of you men try anything? You heard him? Now, let's get this over with. Fast. Ryan, I want to tell you something. That's far enough, Marshal. All that... That gun in your hand, Ryan, you better keep it on me. You even glance at Baudry and I'll draw and kill you. What are you talking about? You shoot me and Baudry will kill you from behind. What? That's right, Ryan. Gant, you walk back over towards the house so he can see I'll let you go. He... He tricked you, too. But I can still kill you, Marshal. Yeah, that's right, Ryan. You can still kill me. But I'm paid to die. I settled that in my mind when I took this job. It's only a matter of time. But what about you, Ryan? You ready to die? I... I... You can't do this. I'm doing it, Ryan. I'm doing it now. I'm going to walk right up to you, and you're going to give me that gun. Stop, Marshal. Don't. Let me have the gun, Ryan. Huh? Huh? Easy, Ryan. No! Did he hit you, Mr. Dillon? No, he waited a second too long. It worked, Marshal. Boy, it worked. Yeah. Yeah, you did fine, Baudry. I'm going to remember it. Yeah. Now, give me back that gun. You still going to take me in? Of course. No, that... That don't seem fair, Dillon. I'm only a marshal, Baudry, not a judge. Oh. I'm not sure I wouldn't rather die right here. Wait, Baudry. Now, I'll testify at your trial, and I promise you it'll be a fair one, but that's all. Now, give me the gun. You don't make it easy, Marshal. My job's to bring you in. Any way I can get you there. Dead or alive, huh? That's right. Here's a gun. Thank you. The next day, I turned Chess Ryan over to the Army at Fort Donner. The colonel wanted credit for sending him back to California, and I wanted to be rid of him. Took us three days to ride back to Dodge. On the way, we got to be real good friends with Joe Poudry. I wouldn't let him have his gun back. But even so, he managed to supply us with antelope steaks every morning. <sighs> I made him borrow Chester's gun. Gunsmoke, transcribed under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Lawrence Dobkin and Lou Krugman, with Vic Perham, Junius Matthews, Jim Nusser, and Ralph Moody. Parley Bayer is Chester. 
Gun smoke is heard by our troops overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in gun smoke. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun Smoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Shipment come in from St. Louis? He came in on the morning train, Marshal. I was going to send the boy over to tell you. What, have you seen it yet? I haven't had a chance to open it up. Here it is. Oh, good. Well, let's see how it looks. Huh? All right. There it is. Prettiest gold watch chain I ever did see. <laughs> oh, Chester like that. Yeah. And look at the gleam on that elk stew. Yeah. Chester, know you're getting this for him? Oh, no, no. It's by way of a surprise. He thinks he's got a birthday this month sometime. Saturday's about the middle of the month, so I figure it's as good a day as any. Give it. Good morning, Miss Tara. Oh, morning, Ben. Uh, Marshal Dillon. Morning, Tara. Oh, oh, how beautiful. Is it yours, Marshal? Oh, no, no, no. It's for Chester. He's always wanted one. Oh, it's lovely. Ben, mm-hmm. did my hand mirror arrive? Yeah, it came in this morning, Miss Tara. Uh, can I take it now? Well, I don't know why not. It's paid for. Here. Uh, Careful now, Miss Tara. Came all the way from Boston, so don't drop it. Oh, I won't. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, thanks, Ben. Uh, goodbye. Uh, goodbye, Marshal Dillon. Goodbye, Terry. <laughs> That's a mighty pretty girl, Ben. Yes, sir. Yeah. She's blossomed out since I saw her last. Well, what owe you, Ben? Oh, be just about four dollars, Marshal. Four dollars, huh? Yeah. There we are, four dollars. Thank you, Marshal. And uh, give Chester my regards. I'll do that, Ben. Well, morning, Miss Lane. Morning, Marshal. Morning. Morning, Marshal. Hello, John. Oh, hello, Marshal. Good morning, Chester. Well, morning, Mr. Dillon. Uh, put this in the safe for me, will you? Yes, sir. How was the auction yesterday? You know, Mr. Dillon, I never did see so many horses and mules. (laughs) 
Do you buy anything? No, sir, Mr. Dillon. But Asa Welton bought that old stud horse off Mr. McGovern. No, is that so? Yeah. You know, I feel sorry for poor old Asa. Why, that stud horse has got a ring bone so bad he can't hardly walk. <laughs> well, Asa isn't very smart when it comes to horses, I'm afraid. No, sir, he ain't. And I purely hate to see him lose good money on a horse like that. Why, he paid $19 for that horse. Oh? Well, he'll make out if the stud can get him some colts. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir, I guess. That is, if he's got a mare. <laughs> yes, Chester, if he's got a mare. And if he don't, well, sir, I just don't know. My. Chester, this evening I'm going to have supper with Kitty over at Dodge House. Will you stay here? There's no work to do, but uh, you could keep an eye on things, huh? Well, I'd be proud, Mr. Dillon. <laughs> More coffee, Kitty? Uh, no, thanks, Matt. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, mind if I smoke? Oh, those are the longest cigars I ever saw. <laughs> well, if it bothers Matt, you, I'll have... six nights a week at the Texas Trail, and you think I'd mind one cigar? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Matt. What? There's something been troubling me. Oh? What's that? Well, I wanted to have supper here so we could talk. Well, what is it, Kitty? Almost four months ago, you and Chester brought a little girl back into town. Daddy was dead, out in the plains. You brought her back because she couldn't stay out there alone. Well, go on. She's real sweet. Young, I guess maybe 17. You're talking about Tara Hantry. Yeah, Matt. I saw her over at the general store this morning. What about her? Well, she's hanging around the Texas Trail, Matt. I see her there all the time, afternoons, evenings. Oh? Well, why are you telling me this, Kitty? Well, it's no place for a girl. Not a young girl, not a girl like Tara. I don't have any say about how Kate runs the Texas Trail. If they don't want Tara in the place, Kate should keep her out. Well, Kate won't keep her out. Why should she? Tara's attractive. She's good for business. Kitty, when I brought Tara back to Dodge, Lawrence Kells and his wife took her in. They've been treating her like her own daughter. Now, it, it's not my place to interfere well, with Well, maybe them. they don't know, Matt. They're church-going people, Kitty, Kells and his wife. They try to do what's right for Tara. I'm sure they do. Matt, people like the Kells don't know the Texas Trail. They don't know the saddle bums, the spoilers, the wild ones that hang out there. Even if they did, they wouldn't see... Too much wrong with the man Tara's taken up with. Well, who is it? Jack Grace. Jack Grace? Yeah. Tara's keeping company with him? She has been since he came to town a few weeks back. Well, that little fool. Well, don't blame her too much, Matt. He cuts quite a figure. Long hair, buckskin shirt, Texas spurs. She's young, and his stories make for good listening. Yeah. Matt, I, I've talked with Grace, and there's something wrong with him. He's too cold, like he's dead inside. He can charm you with a, a smile, and he talks just fine, almost almost like a gentleman. But there's nothing inside him, Matt. He, he, he's empty, like a shell. All right. What do you want me to do, Kitty? 
Thank you, Matt. Talk to the Kells. All right. Tomorrow morning. I promise. Marshal Dillon. Good morning, Tara. Uh, we're having some lemonade. Uh, won't you join us? Uh, well, uh, I came looking for Mr. Kells. Uh, they're both down at the church, uh, getting ready for the social tomorrow night. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Marshal Dillon, have you met Mr. Grace? Mr. Grace? I know of you, Marshal Dillon. Down around Waco, several of the boys speak of you. No. Uh, uh, what did you want to see the Kells about, Marshal Dillon? Uh, maybe I could help you. I think I should talk to them, Tara. It's a matter of business. About Mr. Kells' business? The buffalo hides? Uh, no, no, no. It's another sort of thing. I, I better come back, Tara. They, they'll be home later. <laughs> well, you, you know how these church socials take planning. It, it may be late. Yeah, well, well, I'll come back then. Sorry you won't join us, Marshal. Thank you anyway, Mr. Grace. I'll walk you to the gate, Marshal. Oh, fine. I'll be seeing you again, Marshal Dillon. Maybe, Mr. Grace. I know why you came here today, Marshal. I know why you wanted to see the Kells. You do, Tara? It's about me and Jack Grace, isn't it? This isn't the time to talk about it, Tara. It's a fine time to talk about it. Now, look, the Tara... The busybodies I... in this town sent you over here. They don't like my keeping company with Jack. Isn't that right? They're not busybodies, Tara. They're people who are fond of you. Older than you and know more about Jack Grace than you do. Blue-nosed old gossip. Now, Tara, listen to no, me. No, you I... listen to me. For as long back as I can remember, Pa and me worked that dried-up old homestead. Alone after Ma died. He killed Pa. Came near to killing me. Look, when I brought you into Dodge, the Kells took you in. They treated you like their own daughter. Mr. Kells is a wealthy man. He's given you everything he can. And I'm grateful to him. He's tried hard to do all the things Paul would have done if the planes hadn't killed him. But he still can't give me the love and excitement and fun Jack Grace can. Oh, Tara, so help me. If you were two years younger, I'd put you across my knee and slap some sense into you. Now, if you hurt the Kells because of Jack Grace, or if you get yourself in trouble, I'm going to forget about this. I didn't know better. I'd say it was a lover's spat. I'll be back later, Tara. There isn't much point in that, Marshal Dillon. From what I could hear on the porch, Miss Tara seems to have said what she thinks real plain. I'll be back later, Tara. Will you tell him? I don't know why you bother, Marshal. If the Kells are ones to worry about loose reputations, they might not pay too much attention to you. What are you getting at? The U.S. Marshal who... Sniffs around one of the girls at the Texas Trail isn't in the best of company, and after all, everyone knows a kitty is... Now get up. And if I ever hear you've mentioned kitty again, I'll come after you. Why don't you do that? I will. Good day, Tara. Oh, Jack. I'll call back for you later this afternoon. I'm sorry, Tara. I didn't mean for this to happen. You're just a big, blundering, stupid bully. Tara, please. And, and if you mess up the one thing that means happiness for me, I'll help him kill you. Hey. 
Turn for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, misreminded? Then mind you don't miss CBS Radio's Mr. Chameleon on the first of his new Friday night broadcasts tonight on most of these same CBS radio stations. Now, the second act of Gunsmoke. Mr. Dillon? Uh, yes, Mr. Kells. Uh, won't you sit down, please? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Hope it won't take too long. Gretchen and I are in charge of the box store tonight, you know. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be too late. Well, it may take a few minutes, Mr. Kells. It's, uh, it's important. Oh? It's about Tara. And Jack Grace. You know about it, then? I've known about it ever since she came to town three weeks ago. They met... Heaven knows where or how, and she's been seen him most every day since. You know where she spends her time? At the Texas Trail. Yes, I know. Gretchen and I have tried every way we know, Marshal Dillon. We've both talked with Tara, but she's young and headstrong. I don't know what to do. I think she'd run away with him if we interfered again. Mr. Kells is Marshal. This is no affair of mine. But as someone who's fond of Tara and... Well, I... I, I, I wish you'd try talking with her again. Well, we'll do everything we can. I promise you that. Perhaps you... Perhaps Grace will get tired of her and leave Dodge. Uh, perhaps. Well, anyhow, you know I'll sure try. Yeah. Well, well, thank you very much for coming over here, Mr. Kelly. Sure, Marshal. You're going to be at the social tonight, aren't you? Oh, sure, sure. Chester and I'll be there. Chester'd be real upset to miss it. Good. We'll see you there. Okay, fine. Ah, oh, Mr. Dillon, uh, this is Miss Honeycutt. How do you? Oh, proud to know you, ma'am. I bought her supper box. Did you bid on any supper boxes, Mr. Dillon? Uh, no, Chester. I was late getting here. Oh, so. that's pity. Now, what do you do for supper? Oh, I'll make out all right. Well, there's really enough for the three of us, Marshal, if you'd care to join us. Well, thank you, Miss Honeycutt, but uh, I'm looking for Mr. and Ms. Kells. Oh, they're not here yet. The parson was asking for them a few minutes ago. Mr. Kells was to have auctioned off the suppers, but they didn't come, so we went ahead without them. Oh, you sure you won't join us, Marshal? Uh, no, thank you, ma'am. I'll just wait for the Kells. Perhaps I'll walk back toward their place and meet them on the way. Well, all right, Mr. Dillon. Uh, Miss Honeycutt and I'll be right over there if you need me. I don't think I will, Chester. You just go ahead and enjoy yourself. Real pleased to meet you. Nice to have met you. Yes, mind that bench, Miss oh, Honeycutt. Yes, Oh, hello, Kitty. You're leaving the party before I get there? Uh, no, no. I was just walking back toward the Kells' place. They're not at the social yet, and this might be a good chance to talk to them. Oh, all right, if I come with you. Well, sure. 
I had a talk with Mr. Kells this afternoon. Yeah? Yeah. He knows all about Tara and Grace. Has known for a long time. Well, what's he going to do about it, Matt? He doesn't know what to do. Neither do I, Kitty. Look, Kitty, you're a woman. You, you know about these things. You don't tell a woman she shouldn't love some man, do you? No. No, you don't. Kells has tried hard. He's done everything he can. Well, he's a wealthy man. He could send her east for a few months on a visit. St. Louis, maybe. To forget Grace? Yeah. Would it do any good? No. Oh, there's the house. It's dark. Maybe we passed him. No, I don't think so. Here. Okay. Thanks. Kitty? Yeah? Uh, maybe you better wait here, huh? Matt, what is it? The house shouldn't be dark. We didn't pass them. What are you going to do? I'm going inside. I'll come with you. All right, come on. The door's open. Oh, Matt. Matt, look. Stay here, Kitty. Shot, both of them. Oh. No wonder they were late for the auction. Kitty, go back to the church social. Find Chester. Have him meet me at the jail. Tell Doc to come over here. What are you going to do, Matt? I don't know. Look around, maybe. Why this? What for? Who knows why people kill, Kitty? Money, maybe. I don't know. But who'd do it, Matt? Who'd kill the Kells? Someone who hated them enough or thought they had something he wanted. Bad. Real bad. Grace. Will you please get Chester and Doc? Yeah. Yeah. Tara? Tara, are you all right? It's Matt Dillon, Tara. Are you hurt bad? Who did it, Tara? Do you know? Yes. Yes, I know. Well, who was it? Was it Grace? Oh, Matt. Matt. What happened, Tara? Tara. Mr. Kells was waiting for him when, when Jack came for me. Mr. Kells wanted to talk with Jack, he said. And, and, oh. Well, go on. I don't know. I don't know. I can't help if you don't tell me what happened. But when Jack came, there was an argument. Mr. Kells told Jack to go away, leave me alone. Told him not to come back. Jack laughed. 
called Mr. Kells a name, and Miss Kells slapped him. Then Jack hit her. Mr. Kells tried to get his rifle in the corner, and Jack... Jack? Yeah? He shot him. He shot both of them. Then he turned and said it wouldn't have worked out for us. He was leaving. Just like that. He was leaving. You see, you'd be nothing but trouble, he said. I'm leaving, he said. Then he hit me. And... Doc will be here in a few minutes, Tara. He'll take care of you. You want me to go with you, Mr. Dillon? No, you stay here. Get me that Winchester, will you? Yes, sir. Here you are. Thank you. How do you figure to trail him at night, Mr. Dillon? I don't. I'm taking a guess, that's all. You know where he's going? Like I say, it's a guess. I won't be back to Texas. He's wanted there. Might be Abilene. Ben Thompson would cover for him there. You'll have an hour or more start on him, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, I know, but I figure to take the back country and ride hard. Maybe I'll cut his sign by morning. You'll be riding three miles to his one? I'll take the buckskin. He can last. Yes, sir. Don't you want me to follow you? I should be back by tomorrow night. You stay here and help Kitty and Doc with everything. And take good care of the girl. She needs help. Yes, sir. Good luck, Mr. Dillon. You can't see me. Don't bother to try. Just drop your gun belt. Easy. And your rifle. Throw it down. Now keep your hands high, just like they are. You travel fast, Dylan. I didn't waste time getting to here. I know this country better than you, Grace. Roads aren't always straight. Even so, that buckskin of yours must be quite a piece of horse. He is. We'll be starting back right quick, but meanwhile, you just sit tall right where you are. Arms will get tired. 
taking me back to jail in Dodge? Well, what do you expect? You murdered two people just last night. Tried a third. I just hit Tara down. I don't know as I tried to kill her. You must have known I'd come after you. I figured maybe you'd start tracking me toward Texas. <laughs> I didn't give you credit to think of my head in Grabling. <laughs> I guess the joke's on me. Yeah, I guess it is. You know, I don't understand what goes on inside you, Grace. There's no point in my getting riled. You got me cold, Deck. Someone told me earlier you were just a shell, that you were empty inside. But by heaven, you are. You're crazy, Grace. Just mean, pure crazy. It's you doing that talking, Marshal. Please yourself. In a way, it's all Tara's fault, I suppose. Well, it wouldn't have worked out anyway, like I told her. All right, if I light up. Marshal? All right, but watch your moves. Uh, my makings are in my boots. Don't, Greg! <laughs> I I didn't know Kansas marshals were so fast. A Derringer up the sleeve's an old story, Grace. Yeah, but they sure are. Uh, guess I won't go to trial after all. <laughs> no, maybe not. But you're going back to Dodge. Like they say on the posters... Dead or uh, uh, Yeah. Dead or alive. Marshal Dillon, I want to thank you and Miss Kitty for everything you've done for me since Sure. Uh, you got everything in the stage, Tara? Yes, Miss Kitty. It's a long trip, Tara. You, uh, you sure you won't change your mind? I think I'll like it back east, and St. Louis won't be as big as all this. Marshal Dillon will be late into Haiti City if I don't get away now. Okay, driver. Well, uh, goodbye, Tara. Good luck. Goodbye. Well, Matt, she's gone. Yeah. I don't blame her for wanting to leave, Kitty. The West took nearly everything she loved. Her ma and pa and the Kells. And her true love? Look, Jack Grace? Jack Grace is no good, but Tara gave him a heart. And she never got it all back. Perhaps you're right, Kitty, but Tara's young. She'll mend. Will she, Matt? I hope so, Kitty. I truly do. 
Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Special music for tonight's story was composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Sammy Hill as Tara and John Daner as Jack Grace, with Ralph Moody, Joe Duval, and Viffy Janis, Harley Bear as Chester, and Georgia Ellis as Kitty. Gunsmoke is heard by our troops overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.